Welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast. Tonight, we have a great matchup for you all. In the red corner, your host, 2008 Olympic medalist. He likes talking about happiness, success, and making babies. Coming to you from Boxing Burn Brentwood in Los Angeles, California, Tony Jeffries. Opposite him in the blue corner sits our special guest with his teddy bear, another undefeated heavy hitter. He has a cabin in the woods, a little friend called Stuart, and spends a lot of time in space. Jason Clark! Well, welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries, and today I've got a very special guest, a very good friend of mine, Jason Clark. Jason, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. Jason, for people who don't know you, uh, can you tell me a little bit about you in a nutshell? Well, uh, Tony, um, I've been working out with you for a few years now, and I got into boxing. I was working on a movie called Ted, and Mark Wahlberg was one of the stars of the movie, and he used to go out every morning about 5 a.m. and go boxing, and I got really intrigued with it. So I started training in Boston, and when I came back home, I was looking for someone to train with, and that's when I met you. And uh, I'm a motion picture producer primarily. I've done some television, um, and, uh, uh, you know, I need a good exercise regimen, something fun to do where it feels like a practice, something I can get better at over over time. So that's what I love about boxing. So you're a movie producer. You've done some TV as well. For people who don't know, I, I kind of know now. I've been working with you for for years. You've been you've been my longest client. We've 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 become good friends. What what is a producer? What does a producer do? Well, a producer is really the uh, person that organizes the production, as far as um, you know, whether it's developing the screenplay uh, and putting the talent onto the movie, whether that's the director and the cast finding the money for the movie, then going out and physically determining the best way to produce the movie including location, casting, um, and various different uh, parts of it. And then uh, you oversee marketing and, and uh, the distribution of the movie uh, to, with your marketing and distribution partners, and that's the job in a nutshell. Right. So you've worked on loads of things. Funny story, when we very first start working together, uh, training together in the, in the park, I remember waiting. I knew you'd been working on this. You're a big producer working on Ted, the movie. I'm looking, where's this Ferrari? I'm waiting for a Ferrari to pull up. <laughs> I'm waiting for a, a, a six-series BMW. I'm waiting for something really flash car to pull up when you pull up on a little Prius, electric Prius. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Sorry to disappoint yeah, you. Yeah, disappointed, you're disappointed. <laughs> and I looked in, but I looked in here before and I've seen, um, and I, I seen some of the work you've done and, and Stuart Little. I mean, that, when I was growing up, that was a, a huge thing. I loved it. You've done Stuart Little 1, Stuart Little 2, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, that's right. Uh Ted, then you're doing 42. Did 42, yeah, the Jackie yeah. Robinson movie. Yeah, that was a Warner Brothers movie, a big movie. I loved that. That was. I loved that. Uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. DreamWorks Animation, yep. Yeah, and, and that was huge as well. I went to the premiere with you with that one, and uh, that that was great. Really educational for kids. Yeah. Uh, a Million Ways to Die in the West. That's uh, right. With, with Seth MacFarlane. Uh, and then I think my favourite thing that you've, that you've done is Cosmos. Oh, Cosmos, yeah. Yeah, the TV documentary. It's well, I'll tell you something funny about that. Um, many, many years ago, right when I was starting out, I went out to the desert in the state of Nevada because there was a protest going on against nuclear testing. 
And I filmed this protest, and people were getting arrested as an act of civil disobedience. So they were going and walking onto private property and getting arrested. So um, I'm filming this because I want to keep a record of it. And in walks Carl Sagan and oh, his wow. wife, Andrewian. And that was in 1988 or 87. And 22 years later, Carl has since passed away. I meet Andrewian, and I'm talking to her, and I slowly remember that I had seen her and filmed her getting arrested in Nevada. So I made a really <laughs> short film, which I haven't presented to her yet of that time because I have that documentary. I never wow. finished it, so I'm yeah. finishing that documentary. But Andrewian is Carl Sagan's widow, and she came up with the idea of doing a new uh, Cosmos. So we worked on it for three years, and I'm very proud of the show. I won a Producers Guild of the Year Award. Uh, producer of the Year Award for that this year. And, Which is massive. And we were nominated for um, like 12 Emmys, and we, we won four. And, you know, it was a it was a great award-winning show, won some uh, Annie Awards for animation, and it was a very exciting thing to be part of. And if you haven't seen Cosmos or heard of Cosmos, uh, it, it's about space. It's a documentary about space. Is that how you would describe it? Space Odyssey? And- yeah, it, it, it's really a, it's really the story of who we are, where we come from as a species, and, and uh, how we exist in this greater universe. And it gives you uh, all these, these kind of great gimmicks like the cosmic calendar, which suggests that if, if all of, of mankind's life uh, were summed up, it would only be in the last few seconds of an entire calendar year. And yeah. That's the length of the time that the universe has been around. So 13.7 billion years the universe has been around, and mankind has only been in the last few seconds closest to midnight of that calendar. So we have these gimmicks that, that kind of give you the scale of the universe, whether that's in uh, uh, physical space or whether that's in time. And, uh, and the show really uh, talks a lot about um, where we come from and possibly where we're going as a species. Yeah, it's amazing. I absolutely love it. It's like I say, it's very educational. And when you look on uh, on IMDb and Netflix and the ratings and the reviews, the number one TV show in the world, the number one thing on the world, and I'm sure everyone agrees with this, is Breaking Bad, the best thing I've ever seen. And the number two thing is Cosmos Documentary. <laughs> hey, that's, that's, that's fantastic. I, yeah. I'm, I'm so proud of it. I'm, uh, we're so lucky. And, and, Tony, keep your eye open. Maybe we'll be doing another season of that. Oh, nice. I look forward to that. And I, I've just been looking there before you come in about, about looking at Ted. The first Ted, it was the highest-grossing uh, R-rated comedy of all time. Yeah, original R-rated comedy of all time, yeah. That, that is amazing. And it grossed $545 million. Well, who the fuck would think a talking teddy bear could do that? Excuse my French. <laughs> no, it's all good. And I mean, who, who would I'm think? I'm talking like the teddy bear yeah, now. Yeah, you've been hanging around with Ted too much. Uh, <laughs> We're going to go get drunk tonight, me and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. It's a really, really funny. And I remember when you told me, when we were working, you were working on it, you were saying, oh, it's this comedy where a guy, where he's teddy bear. And I was like, this sounds like some bullshit. And you were like, no, no, honestly, you need to watch, you need to watch it. I was like, all right. And you, Dude, you were so doubtful. You used to think that that was the stupidest sounding idea you'd ever heard of. And it was. Well, it, it, and it, it was. really was. <laughs> it is. But now... now uh, is yeah. that saying something about the public? <laughs> I think so. I think no, so. I, 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 you know, well, I'm blessed. I got the opportunity to work with Seth MacFarlane. He's a comic genius. And he yeah. surrounds himself with brilliant, brilliant people. And a matter of fact, it's worth mentioning that Cosmos wouldn't exist, exist without Seth. He's an executive producer on the show. And it was wow. his... His efforts. So he truly is uh, a, a genius, and um, he's not only a comic; he's a great singer, and 
he has a great love for for music and and science and you know he reads he's a voracious reader of physics books and I'm so impressed with with him but uh you know he was the driving force behind uh Fox getting behind Cosmos and without him we wouldn't have made the show that said uh you know working with him has been a joy uh on, on Ted because um you know it's just fun to go to work and, and crack up all the time and, yeah. and and that's what it's like so is he is he that funny in real life because I know mm-hmm. you're with him every other day so is he He's a good guy, funny guy. He's a good guy, and he has a great sense of humor, and he is that funny. The people around him are that funny. And, you know, if you're going to work as hard as we do in the film business, it's great to be connected with people that you respect, and, and um, they're fun to be with. Oh, I bet. And then Ted 2 is coming out soon, and uh, you took me to watch the, uh, what was it? Listen, you know, I want to say Ted 2 comes out June 26, and um, I'm very proud of the movie. And, and to be honest with you, it's a great story, but I think it's funnier than the first one. So if you like Ted 1... I can almost guarantee you, uh, Ted Two's going to rip you up. It's, yeah. it's funny. Mark Wahlberg's a genius. He's uh, he's great in the in, in the movie, and and Ted is back, and he's worse than ever. <laughs> well, I, I see, I, well, when I seen that, uh, you took me to see the what's it called? Premiere? Oh, the test screening. Yeah, so I went to see the test screening, and it, it is so so funny, and I can't believe that you get away with some of the shit that 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 the Teddy's doing. I mean. <laughs> It's, it's like, oh God! Has he really said that? Did he really do that? Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be great, and it's going to it's going to do so well. And, uh, there used to be a TV show, kids say the darndest things, you know, because you could, yeah. as a kid you can get away, take and get away with a lot of stuff. Yeah, he gets away with it. Uh, so a lot a lot on my podcast, I talk a lot about uh, about happiness, success, uh, positivity, and and I've noticed you're one of the most positive people I know, and you're. You can you can come in here and I'll feel like shit and I don't know if you know but you'll 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 talk to me and you and you can you, you I know I was laughing and joking but you always uh, make us feel better and is that so is that something you've worked hard at becoming so positive or is it because you're 54 years old now and you've you're just sick of all the bullshit being negative in the past how, how are you so positive? So I don't know. I mean, I didn't even realize I was that positive. I don't see myself the same way you do. So that's interesting. <laughs> Maybe it's because you come in box and burn, and then you're just like, yes. Fuck yeah, I love it. Here. <laughs> uh, no, you got a great gym here, and it is a great environment and atmosphere. And, you know, uh, the old saying, the cup is half full. Uh, it's the same cup that's half empty, and depending on how you look at it, you're either half empty or you're half full. You know, my philosophy about all this stuff is that that you, you you get what you give in a weird way. So if you give out positive uh, uh, energy, uh, you're attractive to, to people and, and, and you'll attract kind of better things to you. Uh, if you give out a lot of negative energy, people try to stay away from you and you probably won't bring as much business in to whatever you're doing. Yeah. I mean, sales is, the, is, is, is really, you know, uh, uh, the power of that. I'm sure you see in your business that the trainers that, that give the most kind of positive uh, energy attract the uh, the best clients, so uh, yep. I, I, w- I would imagine that's uh, uh, that's just and, and and the truth of the matter is is that you're not going to have a better experience being negative, and you're not necessarily wor- you're not necessarily worse off. So you know you can look at something, wake up and say it's foggy out and uh, and uh, it's not sunny and you hate it, or you can wake up and say it's foggy out and thank God we need the you know we need a little bit of water or we need the wet. Uh, Air to irrigate the the fields, so to speak. Is that something you work out though to become like that, to 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 to, to, to be like that? And and I know you see. Oh, I, I, I think you I, do. I think when you age, when you get a little older, Tony, you, you know, you, you you realize that 
the worst that things will be thrown at you, you'll make it through. And, and, and the best of things that happen to you don't last forever. So you have to be, you have to find more of a center for yourself. And I think I've, I've worked hard to find a center for myself and, and to not overreact, whether that's negatively or positively about stuff and keep a generally positive attitude. And I find that I'm happiest when I'm doing that. And, you know, Look, happiness is is a very elusive thing because all of us bring to our adult age the issues and, and, and of our childhood, the things we've learned as children, our parents' behaviors and all of that stuff. So when we finally get to our adulthood, we have well-worn practices, things that we're used to, and they fit us like comfortable clothes even though they may not be healthy for us, whether that's a bad attitude, whether it's a distrust for the for things, whatever that is, whether it's a naivete. So after a while in your adulthood, after several years of living with that, you begin to see the limitations of that behavior. It's what got you through as a child, but now it doesn't serve you as well. So you have to grow. And I think the critical thing, if you ask me, what brings that positive attitude is a willingness to grow. That's the, that's the starting point. You know, you train people who, even if they're my age, come in here and believe that they can change and grow and, and, and transform themselves. And as long as you maintain that attitude physically, I think it helps you mentally to maintain that attitude. As long as you grow mentally, I think you'll have a better, more optimistic and positive attitude. Nice. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's great. What's your definition of success? Well, you know, there's lots of kinds of success. I think um, happiness is a great measure of success. You know, if you're happy... um, your children, if you have children, can be a great measure of your success, you know, and, and, and you want to give them that best place to start from, particularly in those early years when they're the most vulnerable to ideas. You're, um, I think that the measure of success, financial freedom is, is a great success, but it's hollow. I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, yeah. you know, if you make enough money to no longer worry about money, the thing that inspired you or drove you probably wasn't the making of the money. The money was the measure of the success of those things, but it probably was just the interest in conquering something or winning something. So that winning attitude and drive doesn't dissipate with the money. But it's nice not to have to worry about money. I will promise you that. That's yeah. a great thing in life. Yeah. But that's not happiness. Yeah. Like you could be broke and be super happy. And you can be rich and very unhappy. Yeah, that's true. And I, I know a few rich people. Mm. I mentioned them on one of the other podcasts before. So rich, but still so sad. So uh, it's not all about money. So you're you're very successful in in what you do at uh, at your job for producing. And uh, I've worked with a trained, you know, a few successful people like in 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 what they do in their field, like uh, yourself. I've worked with some celebrities. Uh, quite a few and one thing I notice about people like yourself who's doing really well at their job who's successful at their work is how hard they work in the gym you work your ass off like we've just finished the session now we've just done four rounds sparring with each other uh, pads we've done a beast of a a circuit giving you some of them UFC style circuits Uh, but I've noticed with every single person who's very successful at what they do in their field of work like the celebrities like yourself and like uh, good at like all the Paul who's a stonemason, they work their asses off when it comes to, to training. I think that's what they do in life. They just work their asses off to be uh, that successful. Well, you know, I think, uh, you, you know, when you say what is it, what is it that's the, uh, 
you know, look, I'm, I'm 54 years old. I have to look back and say, what do I feel successful about and what do I feel unsuccessful about? And then what is the ingredient that gives me uh, that feeling of success? And, you know, hard work is a great, great opportunity for success. So, so if you take that and combine it with that positive attitude you were talking about earlier, yeah. then you don't feel embittered for working hard. You feel fulfilled for working hard. And you give that off, and people are attracted to that and want to bring their business to you or they want to be engaged with you uh, on any level, whether that's business or not. And those relationships and contacts, certainly in my business, are the most important thing. It's also in your business, Tony. You know, if you have a positive attitude and you're training people and you're changing their lives and they are excited and happy to work with you because you're excited and happy to work with them, you'll bring more business in because they'll go out and tell people, this yeah. is the guy. Yeah. You know, I felt that way about you the first time I worked with you. I said, here's a guy who's got a shit together and knows, knows uh, uh, how to, without... Uh, you know, you're not militant, but I can work hard with you. You don't, you don't yeah. shy away from the hard work. At the same time, you're, you're, you're conscious to make sure, you know, a guy like me is not going to hurt himself uh, working out in such a way that I can't come back. And yet I'm not going to feel like I didn't get a hell of a fucking workout. So, yeah. you know, hard work is a, is a great ingredient and, and it goes well with a good attitude. You put those two things together and you can accomplish almost anything. Yeah. And That's it doesn't come overnight, you know. Yeah, you've been doing this for three years, and you're beginning to get on on your feet in such a way now that you feel the, the success of what you're doing. Yeah, I'm starting to feel comfortable, and uh, it's a great feeling. Yeah, and and you know I've been doing what I've been doing for 25 years, and I'm just beginning to feel it myself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, if uh, people want to get in, the by door, the way, that wasn't a joke. It's true. No, I know. Yeah, you know, I have a long way to go, and right. I think when you say what's your positive attitude, I think that's part of it too. Have a little humility. You know, yeah. there's always room for growth. I've, I've, I see. I was looking at your IMDb page uh, before we come in. I, I mean, I know everything that you've done, and I noticed, right? So, since you've done Ted One, like the things that you've done after that have been massive. You've done loads of things, and then what I thought was, I met you just before you've done Ted One. So, what I'm saying is, since you met me, your life's just changed, mate. Oh well, I think you could, I think you could take credit for all of it. I'm it's taking point. credit. I think that's a look. It's why not? Why, why not? Jason, <laughs> do you do a lot of reading? Um, yeah, a little bit, fair amount. Why? Because uh, I was just going to say, what books would you recommend for? Uh, what would you recommend for like life changing for for real good motivational books and things like that? You know, I don't read a lot of motivational books. I I, I mostly read now for work. You know, because I'm. As a yeah. my, my profession is storytelling, so I have to read a lot of stories. I just read uh, Martha Raddatz's book uh, called The Long Road Home about uh, uh, a small platoon of soldiers who got pinned down in Iraq. Uh, and they were pinned down for like eight hours and three rescue missions uh, kind of failed. And 40 soldiers were wounded. Eight people were killed in this uh, massive attack that went right. up in Sadr City uh, in Baghdad. Very interesting story about war and the cost of war, and particularly about the Iraq War. So I, I recommend that if anybody uh, reads any of those war books. It's it's not Black Hawk Down. It's a different type of story, right. but it's equally as compelling as that book was. And Martha is a, uh, a, a very important uh, war correspondent for, I think it's ABC News. Um, so I read uh, Bright and Guilty Place about the history of Los Angeles recently. That was great. 
uh, Island in the Land, which is Carrie McNair's book. I mean, Carrie McWilliams' book about uh, 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 about Los Angeles too, the history of Los Angeles. Um, uh, Greenfelt Jungle, I'm reading right now. So these are all storybooks, right? Yeah, Greenfelt Jungle is about the birth of uh, of um, uh, Las Vegas. It's a very right. interesting story. I'm right. developing a movie around that idea. Oh, nice. And um, and and a, I recently read the story by uh, Susan Berman. Uh, right now, if you catch television, there's a TV show on HBO called The Jinx, right. and it's about a guy, uh, Durst, who is this uh, uh, multimillionaire from New York who supposedly killed his wife in 1982, then assassinated this woman, Susie Berman. Susie Berman grew up in Las Vegas. Her father was a guy named Davey Berman, who was a Jewish gangster, who was a rum runner, and then went on to found – he was actually a war hero, too, in World War II, helped the Allies win Italy – Win the Italian campaign, and then uh, was a mafioso that went and uh, and founded Las Vegas with Bugsy Siegel. Suppose he's the guy who killed Bugsy Siegel. Shit. Yeah, so very interesting. So this Robert Durst killed Susie Berman after her father was dead because I think if her father was alive, he would have been killed. But yeah. uh, it's called The Jinx. It's on HBO. But um, I'm developing a story about Susan Berman's father, Davy Berman, and the first um, the first uh, the first movie will be about his exploits in World War II as a Jewish gangster who goes over to Italy to kill Nazis and then nice. uh, ends up uh, um, helping the Allies win the war. And then the second story is about his exploits in Vegas, about the founda- so founding of Vegas. create these into movies? Yeah, I'm creating it into movies. Right. It's the main character, tall, six-foot-one, blonde hair, blue eyes, big, fat nose. Uh, Can he be? <laughs> uh, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, Jiz, I'm not asking you about books, but you, so you've been in the movie industry for 25 years. Uh, what movies, TV things would you recommend to air? Well, you know, uh, you said Breaking Bad earlier. I love yeah. that show. That yeah, was a great show. Yeah. Uh, I'm watching Homeland. You've probably seen that. Yeah. Uh, I, I like Empire. It's on Fox. It's a right. great show about uh, uh, the music industry, and it's it's a soap opera, but it's a great soap opera. It's right. just it's, it's great. Um, you know, I watch a lot of the cable shows, uh, the uh, Netflix show House of Cards. Have you seen that? I t- couldn't get into it. I watched one episode. I need to try again because I hear really good things from it. Yeah, no, it's a good show, and 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 you have to start at the beginning to get into yeah. it. Uh, so I'm watching that. Veep is great. It's a good comedy. I'm going to watch Blunt Talk, which Seth MacFarlane is executive producing with Jonathan Ames. It'll be on uh, Stars coming up here pretty quick. Um, I what think ab- coming out in April. What about with movies Patrick, uh, with Patrick Stewart stars in it? All oh, right. Yeah. Um, movies. Uh, you know, I'm in, I saw Birdman. I'm interested to see what he does next, Alejandro right. Ratu. He's yeah. a very talented filmmaker. Um, That's just one of the Oscars, right? I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it's great. Yeah, it, it should be good. And then um, movie about a talking teddy bear called Ted 2 coming out June 26th. Yeah, can't wait for that one. I recommend that one. It's going to be one of the great summer comedies. <laughs> uh, we're, 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 we're having fun making it. Nice, I bet. One thing that we do every uh, New Year's, well, I've done it the last two New Year with you when we go on that hike. Can, can you tell us what we, what actually we do? Because I think it's a great idea. I've never heard of anyone do that before, but what we do, it's amazing. Well, I think it was born out of the fact that uh, both Kimberly and I and my wife, you know, are not great uh, partiers on New Year's Eve. We always find it to be more trouble than it's worth, and cops chase you around if you're drinking <laughs> and driving. And, you know, you can't, you can't really have the, the kind of fun that... Uh, that we used to have. So we decided how can we create a ritual around the New Year's? 
and give people an opportunity to, uh, to, to, to make resolutions and find their better selves. And here's what we do, and we came up with this idea. Um, we take a hike, and um, we have a two-mile loop we take in the Will Rogers uh, State Park, which is out here in Pacific Palisades. And there's a point at the very top of Will Rogers, about a mile and a quarter up, called Inspiration Point. And we take everyone up to Inspiration Point, and we bring some champagne up there. Uh, we bring pencils and pads, and we ask everyone to write down on their uh, on the pad everything they'd like to bring into their lives. What are the new ideas that they want to try? Whether you want to lose weight, uh, get better grades if, if you're a student, or uh, earn more money, find a better job, fall in love, whatever those things are, write down what you want to bring into your life. And then write down the things we also say that you want to kind of get rid of or change or, or, or you know, uh, turn in your life. And you write those things down, and what we have you do is think about it for a minute. We drink a toast. You fold that up, and you put it in an envelope. You seal that envelope, and you address it to yourself. And then what we do is we send you that envelope in December, right around Christmas. So you get that message back at Christmas, right before, about a week before you take the next walk, and you're able to see how you did. It's a little bit of you. You can test yourself, so to speak, and see whether you were able to manifest all of those things. And intention is such an important part of any life, whether that's the intention of your, 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 your workout or, or working hard or, or doing well by your children or, or, or you know, doing well in a relationship, any of that stuff. So bringing that intention and learning to work with intention, that's what this ritual is about. And it's nice. We, we have about 60, 70 people that join us on this hike. They bring the dogs, the kids, and everybody shows up and drinks some champagne, especially the kids. They like that champagne and, <laughs> you know, uh, get to write down uh, what we're dreaming about. And then we take a big group picture, and we send that to everyone who comes on the hike. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant idea. And so last year we did it, and I, and I had a few things on. One was like, I want to open a second gym. You know, I did that. Uh, and that was when my wife was pregnant with my baby. I want to have a healthy baby, whether it's a boy or girl. And I mean, that come through as well, but a healthy little girl. And the other one was, uh, I want to be 190 pounds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. I was like 215 pounds. But uh, apart, I mean, apart from that one, it was great. And it's got something in your back of your mind. Like, I've, I've done it again this year, so I've wrote, I've wrote me new things on. I'm forgetting a few of them. Uh, so I know one of them, but we wait, and I, I, so it's, it's keep motivating us. I want to, I want to prove myself right in a year that I've worked hard all year to, to reach these goals and hit these targets. Well, you know, it gives you something to work towards, right? And 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 you set that intention, and and the good news about it is when you set that intention, or you're forced to write something down, you actually think about it for a second, and and, yeah. and really, really think what's important to you. And if you look at those things as, as what they are, which is the things that you felt were worthy of writing down at that time, generally you'll discover they're not that uh, uh, small or trite. They're kind of important things, and you were thoughtful yeah. about them. And, and, and it's having that thoughtful intention and, and writing things down like that that allows you to, to, uh, to set in your mind a goal. You know, the mind is, a, is an incredibly powerful tool. You talk to anybody who's, who's had a, a winning streak, you at the Olympics or anyone, and, and they'll talk about their mental state and where they were mentally and how strong and tough their mind uh, state was. And that's intention. And learning to work with intention, whether it's bringing stuff into your life that you want, whether it's as, as simple as wishing for a happy, uh, uh, healthy uh, uh, you know, job experience or, or you know, having a child or, or, or moving to the next level in your business or whatever it is. By simply setting that intent, you are going to be doing more 
to create that and make that happen for yourself because you are your most powerful tool. And when you set up that intent, like I'm going to do 100 push-ups or whatever that intent is and you get there, it empowers you to reach higher. Yeah, that's great. Great. All right, well, Jason, thanks for coming on, mate. That, that'll, I think that'll do, mate. I know you want to get home and get a shower because you still sitting there dripping a sweat in the gym. Listen, uh, uh, Tony podcast from the uh, Box and Burn gym, and I recommend you come down here and get your workout on. And uh, <laughs> uh, It's a great place, a lot of good trainers, uh, two locations, one in Santa Monica, one in Brentwood, and I recommend it. So uh, thanks, Tony, for having me thanks, on the show. Thanks, mate. Nice one. Cheers. I really enjoyed that podcast. I hope you did as well. Uh, Jason's just such a down-to-earth, humble, like the sound broke, and he's just got so much experience, so much knowledge. I feel like we've just got a, a bit of a, a tiny, tiny bit of it there. Uh, we recorded this podcast like three weeks ago before Ted 2 came out. Ted 2 actually came out now Sunday, came out on Friday, I think it was, and so it's out in the cinemas now, so I highly recommend you go and see it. I've seen it twice. I've seen it at the first screen, and then I've seen it the day before the premiere, where it was there with the director, and, and everyone was there. It was the opening one before the big premiere where all the stars go. So funny, I'd be pissing myself laughing. So, uh, I really highly recommend you go and watch Ted 2 at the cinemas now. If you haven't subscribed yet to the Boxing Life podcast, please do now on iTunes and SoundCloud. I've got some more fantastic guests lined up. The amazing, super talented artist Skylar Gray, singer songwriter, who's wrote some massive, massive songs. What everyone knows, she's collaborated with some of the biggest artists in the world. So, very looking forward to getting her on here. Also, a guest, a bit random, but she is one of the biggest names in the adult entertainment industry, Holly Randall. She's massive, and she's going to come on here as well. So, please subscribe, and thank you for listening.